Hello everyone, Dr. Chris Martinson here, and today we are gonna be continuing our quest to uncover what has been going on with those clots that embalmers have been finding in deceased people. So today we're turning to the embalmers directly and we're gonna be asking them what they've been finding and get their frontline view of what's been going on. So Ryan, take that away, let's turn to the interview now. Hello everyone, Dr. Chris Martinson here, and we're gonna be following up now with the episode I did recently that showed that there are these bizarre clots that have been showing up that the embalmers have been reporting and funeral directors have been reporting on for a while. And they're very odd and they're clearly, as we discussed in that episode, pre-mortem or what they say, anti-mortem. And also they have some really bizarre characteristics. So they're unusual. Well, to talk about actually how unusual, we're gonna go right to the source. So we're gonna be talking today with at least uh, Richard Hirschman and Anna Marie uh, Brassfield Foster, if I get all of that right. Anna, thank you so much for being here. I know you got some storming going on there. So we're going to start with you. And now that we've seen your face, it just as preserved bandwidth, if you want, you could uh, maybe cut the video out and, and we'll see if that works better. But um, I would love to get your background, how long you've been in the business, what you do, and um, when you first started to notice what you might consider to be unusual clots and how it was you knew that to be the case. Okay, I'm a licensed uh, funeral director and embalmer in the state of Missouri. Um, I have I started in this in this profession in 2010. So mm -hmm. I, I've you know I'm I'm still a, a you know a newbie as they as they say, <laughs> but I've seen enough. I've seen plenty enough to to know when I see something that is not normal and mm -hmm. unusual. So. Therefore, when I saw these, I, you know, I questioned it and I questioned a couple other embalmers in my state that I'm friends with. And then I found out about Richard and Richard and I have, have made a connection since, since then. I think I was the second one to speak out with Richard. Wasn't I, Richard? And it's like, I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, so the, the first time I saw the, the strands, they were, you know, probably eight to 10 inches long and they were really rubbery hard kind of almost hard to the touch um calamari is a good example that's that's the, the example i think i told richard in the very beginning was what it reminded me of there there was more than one there was there was been several the clotting the, the clotting is significantly more just regular clotting that you know we see every day but these fibrin strands were just enormous and and I mean it was just incredible to see these things you know coming out of people it was bizarre that's the word I can come up with um and I have seen there are fibrin strands you know inside of you know embalm body when we're embalming a body we do there is fibrin that we do come across that is true but nothing to this measure nothing at all to this measure and Anna, so my question, uh, th these long fibrous calamari kinds of things, are they adhered? Are they attached or do they come, do they come out of the vessels easily? Well, like I, like I was saying, I build up pressure um, when I'm embalming and I, it pushes those out. Uh, I don't know how else to describe it. I just, I, I leave the vein closed when I'm embalming and then, you know, go ahead and start pumping my fluid in and that builds up a, enough pressure and I think it gets them moving. Um, they're not attached to, per se to the to the walls of the veins. They're 
they come out freely once you get that pressure built up and the flow going. And, and like I was saying um, earlier that there's a lot of embalmers in, you know, that I've talked to in my state, one in particular, and he was having drainage issues. Like he was telling me that he couldn't get any drainage on these bodies all of a sudden. And so then I, you know, I told him what, how I was doing my embalmings. And then he did start seeing some of the, the fiber and strands when he built up the pressure to, you know, to get them to move. All right. But as you said, clotting is not an unusual thing in a, in a body to find, but these clots were unusual. Um, but just before, yeah, before like, the weirdness started showing up, Anna, what percentage of bodies would you say had any clots in them that you would work on? Is it half? Oh, 80%? I would say every, every body has, everybody has clots to an extent in them when you're embalming, mm -hmm. um, but not, not, not like this. You know, none of them were like this before 2021. None of them. How many bodies? I, I've never seen these. These. So, how many bodies pre 2021 would have what you would consider clotting to the extent that it caused like a significant drainage issue, as you're describing it? Hardly none. I, I've always had a one point body. I mean, very rarely do I have to go to to another point to to inject. So, very rarely do do I have clotting issues before that. Yeah, but now, but now, you know, when, when you say, so I want, I just want to try and get the cadence of when, when you started noticing these, whether they've hit a peak of any kind, but, but when, when you, when it was at its worst day, and, and I don't know if it's even gotten to its worst, but, but how many bodies would you say at that point are having significant drainage issues where you have to, you know, insert multiple points, as you're saying, to achieve the, the drainage you're looking for? Well, I, I believe I spoke to my my friend here in Missouri that's an embalmer in the beginning of 2021, and that's when he was having the drainage issues. And I didn't think anything of it at the time and just thought, well, I don't know, you know, you, that happens sometimes, but not very often. It just doesn't happen very often. And um, then... Then, then I started noticing these these long fibrin clots, and then I had to like change the way I was injecting my fluid. Like I said, I was building up pressure instead because I started noticing more clots, mm -hmm. and then then the fibrin strands started like showing up. You know, it's just like these these are weird. What is that? And and then more and more. I mean, it just it seems like every time I embalmed a body, each ind individual body was showing me more signs of those fibrin strands and to the point like I said I did not through that I pulled a three foot fibrin strand out that's that's just that's just not normal I mean mm. it's not chicken fat it's not you know as they call it chicken fat it's not there's any blood clotting actual blood clotting attached to it much it's just a long fibrin it almost looks like the artery itself Honestly, that's that's the best way to describe it. It's almost the same texture as an artery, wouldn't you say, mm -hmm. Richard? Yes, like a, like a ligament or a tendon that you might run across. It's it's very much the similar texture of that type of tissue. I agree. All right. Well, yeah. Richard, let's turn to you now. Um, and uh, so, hey, welcome to the show. Good to have you here. Uh, you and I had a really nice long talk the other day, and my eyebrows only went up about 10 times during that talk. Um, so it, please introduce yourself and, and your experience and, and your job. Yes, thank you, Dr. Martinson. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I've been a mortician uh, now for 
probably 21 years. I started back in uh, 2001, uh, where I remember being in the funeral home when 9-11 happened. So I'm pretty mm -hmm. accurate as far as my timing. I was fully licensed, finished with mortuary school in 2004, went to work for a large uh, mortuary service where we would embalm somewhere between 900, maybe 1,000 bodies a year. Worked there for a few years. Um, so, I mean, I have a lot of experience with the embalming process. Uh, as uh, time goes on, I, I start doing some other things. I, I, next thing you know, I'm, I decided in 2015 to do what we call trade embalming. And that basically means I've, I'm a contract embalmer. I help out funeral homes when they need me. Uh, a lot of times uh, funeral homes get busy and they don't have time to do the embalming plus all of the other tasks that are involved. So they call me to help. Um, since then, uh, 2015, uh, my business has grown quite substantially. Uh, I embalm. I was probably embalming a, you know, three, 300 to 400 bodies, maybe in a year. Um, and that was until, uh, uh, 2021 hit everything changed. Then, uh, we're here to discuss this abnormal clotting. I want to give you an idea of my experience. Um, and is 100% correct. We are very familiar with what blood clots are. We've seen mm -hmm. them. It's on occasion. They typically look like a piece of red jelly or jello at worst. It might look like a little bit of jam. Um, so sometimes the, uh, the blood is coagulating a little more together. And sometimes you can get some fairly decent sized clots out of somebody. But typically, if you try to manipulate them at all, they simply start to fall apart in your hand, just like a piece of grape jelly would if you try to get it off the counter. Mm -hmm. um, so in my experience in the past, and I talked to another bomber the other day who has been in the business, uh, he was talking about back in the mid 80s. So we're talking, we're getting close to 40 years. Mm -hmm. so he's got over 30 years of experience. And he was telling me, he said, I remember we hardly never seen blood clots uh, back in the beginning of his experience. And so we've, we have noticed an increase in blood clotting over the decades. Now, I've only got a little over two decades in this. And I can tell you when I first started, we didn't see clots in hardly anybody. Um, but as time goes on, we do. And so when I give my estimate of how often I would see clots prior to um, this pandemic we're going to discuss, I would mm -hmm. say it probably was around 5%, maybe 10%. And, you know, up until not long ago, maybe 15% of the cases would, would you see some substantial clotting issues where it becomes a problem. Mm -hmm. But later in 2020. 2020, as the COVID uh, started hitting, I did notice there was an increase in clotting towards the end of the year. Mm -hmm. But again, they were still manageable clots. They were still clots that, you know, is you can build up some pressure, you can use other tools, uh, like many people use angular forceps. I usually use um, drain tubes, and it allows me to do what Anna talked about, to put the plunger in the drain tube and it stops the flow of fluid to build up pressure to kind of help 
build up some pressure, open it up, and then, you know, allows that to the blood to flush out of the body. And in doing so, it allows any clotting that's in there to come out. But then when um, 2021 hit, literally in January, I mean, it's almost to the day. Um, mm. I, I experienced a huge influx in the deceased. And I also noticed a huge influx in clotting issues. Now, these strange clots that we're here to discuss, this fibrous uh, looking material that I'm seeing, I was so busy, it was hard for me to pinpoint exactly when I started seeing them. But I recall, or to the best of my recollection, I really started to notice the difference um, in the clots and seeing these white fibrous structures. And I'm going to guess around May. It could have been in April. It might have been even a little earlier than it's kind of really hard for me to say because I was so busy doing what I was doing. I'm just trying to get my work done. Um, but definitely no later than June. So about I, I, I'm going to estimate a May of 2021, I started noticing the clots looked different. There was this white fibrous strand that's running in there. And what was more concerning than anything was that we typically find blood clots in veins. We would hardly never see a clot in an artery itself. Now, I can't say that, you know, medically that that's an impossibility. I'm just saying as an embalmer, I've never really hardly ever would see a clot in an artery. Okay, I just wanna break in here in the middle of this interview very quickly because I got some incredible data in between the time I recorded that interview and now, which just came to me in my inbox, which is a survey of a whole lot of embalmers. So we've been talking with two of them. Thank you so much to Richard and Ann. We'll come right back to them in just a second to continue that conversation. But let's go now to the survey results. These come to us courtesy of Tom Haviland. He saw the movie, died suddenly and said, hey, I need to find out more about this and being the kind of guy he is. Well, he went out and conducted a survey so here it is, um, he says here, uh, in conjunction with well-known multimillionaire Steve K, I don't know if I can say his name on this channel on YouTube, uh, we have conducted a nationwide, but Steve's an awesome guy, check out his Substack, um, K-I-R-S-C-H, that guy, amazing guy, does incredible work on this. In conjunction with him, we have conducted a nationwide embalmer blood clot survey during December 22 through January 2023, so they had about two months there. The survey was sent out to the presidents of 30 state funeral directors slash embalmer associations across the USA and um, went out to about 800 funeral homes. Hey, guess what? Uh, over 80 embalmers, they, I think they got 128 res responses out of this. Over 80 embalmers, about 70% of those surveyed are seeing the same types of clots that we were just talking about. And um, the main consensus is that these white fibrous clots first really appeared in the year 2021, but they have some data. So let's go to that data right now. This is kind of fascinating. I love stuff like this. First up, here's a list of 50 states. If it's kind of small, I just wanted to show you that every state I highlighted in red didn't respond at all. So we didn't get responses from some states, or Tom didn't, I, when we, <laughs> thanks Tom. Um, but, we, but there weren't responses uh, to, this to the survey from some states and some are highly represented. Ohio got a lot of responses. That's that brown bar up in that third column to the right. 
and um, just interesting to see which states did and did not respond. So what happened? Question was asked, have you observed any large whitish fibrous structures or clots in the corpses you have embalmed? Here we have, we see that 68.75% or 88 out of 128 said, yep, sure have. And surprising, 31% said no. So kind of interesting that 31% are saying no or close to a third are saying they have not seen them. First question I would ask is, um, are we'd have to look at a second layer of this, which is some of these people, some of the embalmers are, are very high volume uh, operations they're dealing with with you know hundreds of bodies per year some might have come from smaller outfits they may not have seen it we would then love to know is there any difference in sort of regions are we getting more nose from one region or set of states than others things like that so we don't have that data here but for sure we see that about 70 percent say yes they have seen it next question well what years did you observe these large whitest fibrous clots structures check all years that apply. Let me get my drawing tool out here real quick. And so the same 31% said, nope, haven't seen them. That's that first green bar. Um, yeah, well, about seven or 8% said they, yeah, I remember seven or 8% clicked the boxes for say 2018, 19, a little bit more in 2020, but by and large, with close to 60 and a little over 60% of people of the respondents said that's when, that's where we saw them. If I saw them, I most likely saw them in 2021 or 2022. And because of how we can interpret this data, we can say that many of them had not seen them prior or didn't re recollect seeing them prior to 2021. So this tells us, gives us a date when these things started showing up, which matches with what Richard and Anne have been telling us. Also, next question, where in the bodies have you observed these large whitish fibrous structures or clots? Now, it's important to note that in the setup to this, at no point did this survey mention COVID, vaccines, any of that stuff. It was just a straight up survey. Have you seen these sorts of whitish clots? If so, when? And now they're asking the question, where? Again, the same 31% here saying, I didn't see any. But of those who saw them, 60% are saying in the neck, also in the arms, legs, abdomen, and other. So we'll go to other in just a second. It's kind of interesting what showed up in the other descriptions there. Maybe not surprising given how embalmers work. Many of them work in the neck or carotid arteries as a place to begin the draining and then the uh, embalming fluid process. So maybe not surprising on the wear um, too much, but we'd want to see more about that. But this was interesting. Other notes on the location they got uh, nine different responses. Response one here said, these things, these whitish clots, they are observed coming from the vein that blood is being removed from, i.e. if the carotid artery is being injected with fluid, the clots will come from the jugular vein. Second person said, mainly in jugular veins, smaller fibrous structures, not the big ones, the smaller fibrous structures are seen in arteries. Number three said, in venous drainage. Number four said, when I massage, I pull them from the jugular vein with my drainage forceps. Um, <clears throat> I suspect I am also breaking them free from somewhere, but not sure where. Response five down here said, they come out of the drain tube while embalming, so they're, free, they're, they're easily dislodged is the point we're getting to here. Antimortem clots, typically those associated with atherosclerosis, are really well adhered, they're, they, and they're also very friable. They, they, they're tough and, and adhered, but when you pull on them, they break. 
they are because that's a damaged atherosclerosis is a, is a damage to the wall of the artery. That damaged area is where the clot begins to form and then attaches there. These things seem to come out, you know, once you do a little massaging, you squirt a little stuff in, they come out some other area. So that's interesting. Um, number six said hard to describe in some cases, just pulled out during normal embalming. Number seven said jugular. Number eight said throughout the body, sadly. Number nine said everywhere. Uh, both venous and arterial. So those are some extra pieces of data that came through or anecdotes. And then the uh, <clears throat> the question here is, uh, oh, let me get rid of that. Prevalence. Um, get, make sure I spell that right. Question five, what percentage of the corpses in the year 2022 that you have embalmed have had the large whitest fibrous structures or clots broken into fifths here? Uh, again, the same 31% saying, I didn't see any whatsoever here in green, but below that, this is uh, zero to 20% and 21 to 40%. Well, this is one to 20% because the zero is up here, but um, this is the first fifth going up to 20% of all bodies that they had uh, embalmed in 2022 had these things in it, but roughly a quarter each, I'm sort of generalizing wildly said that anywhere from 21 to 40% or 40 to 60% of the bodies, that's about half the sample size here said 20 to 60%, like, like of all the bodies coming in, where if you remember from earlier, these things had not been seen before. And now suddenly some people, some embalmers for whatever reasons are starting to see these in upwards of half or more even, look at this, about 8% of respondents said they're seeing them in 61 to 80% of all the bodies and one embalmer down here said, gosh, I'm seeing them all the time now. I see them in 80 to 100%. So that is a fairly normal distribution of prevalence you would expect to see with something that's, that's, um, that doesn't happen equally and it's also non-random. You would expect to see sort of a distribution around this a little bit where, yeah, for the most part, you're not seeing it, but in some cases you're seeing it a lot. That's just what happens in the experience of life when things are um, distributed that way. So not too surprised by this and Potentially though, we'd have to ask the question that if we had conducted full autopsies on every one of these deceased people, how many times would we have seen it? That would give us a true prevalence. We might not be getting it with embalmers because of if they're you know, um, draining here and inserting fluids there, it might be that the clot's way down over here and it allows fluid to flow past. Well, it might you might not notice it ever. So I would suggest, if anything, this is probably a minimum prevalence because this is what was noticed during a normal embalming procedure. And so there might be more because, again, a normal embalming procedure might miss some things. Um, so here, this question is, have you observed an increase in the number of traditional grape jelly blood clots in the last five years in the corpses you have embalmed? The answers here include yes for the majority of the respondents to call it about two thirds and about a third said, no, no increase. And I wonder if these no's are the same as the other no's, hard to know. And then finally here, we have a question that says, um, question seven is, what year did the increase in traditional uh, grape jelly blood clots start? Please select only one answer in this case and select no increase if you haven't observed any increase. And again, we have the same 30 some percent said, nah, no increase whatsoever. Very few people selected 2018, very few in 2019, but interestingly, we now see 2020 starting to show up 
and then 2021 and 2022 as the as the year you first noticed this as an embalmer. And so this fits with the idea that COVID itself does cause clotting irregularities. That's a known part of it, but it's causing what are called these great jelly clots. And people were noticing those in the context of 2020. That makes sense with the idea of COVID itself being a causative agent for additional clotting, which would then show up in a more typical clotting scenario, which is the grape jelly. That's when the blood itself just sort of congeals in place. It's like a, an abnormal clotting reaction that happens inside an artery or a vein. Whereas these fibrous clots, as Richard and Anne Marie have been telling us, they didn't start showing up until about May of 2021. So five months after the initiation of the vaccination campaigns, make of that what you will, but that's when they started noticing them, but they too had noticed an increase in clots back in January. That fits with this data right here. So um, with that, we are gonna return now back to our program and continue the interview with Richard and Anne Marie. All right, let's go back to that. So hold up, You're, are you finding Richard that, that these fibrous things we're talking about, the, the calamari, are these coming out of both veins and arteries, exactly. even Steven? Yes, really exactly. Um, I can I can send you the picture. I, uh, I don't. I don't. I'm sorry, Anna. What's, what's that? that? What's that, Anna? I've only got them out of veins, out of the vein. I haven't seen the arteries. Okay, well, that's, sorry about that, guys. No, that's fine. I, well, I started noticing them in arteries themselves, and um, and then people were, would question me, saying, "Oh, well, that's plaque," or you know. But I'm I'm familiar with plaque. I'm I'm familiar with arteriosclerosis and arteriosclerosis, where you've got the thickening of the arterial wall. Those things come out in chunks. They're usually like if it's arteriosclerosis, it's a little fatty type buildup on the wall of the artery. They're not going to come out in any length. Um, and, and arteriosclerosis, the hardening of the wall, they come out literally in chunks, like little fragments. Um, and so I, I, I understand that there is a difference. And uh, so I did, I, I had one one time in, in where I literally uh, had an assistant that was in there. And, and as soon as I cut the artery, I saw the clot. And so I had her videotape um, this uh, removal of this uh, clot out of the artery. But I also have another picture of another one that I did um, and I laid a ruler beside it and it was 33 inches long. But what's interesting, if, you, if on that same picture, I had pulled out another clot out of the vein right next to it and it was long as well. But what you, what's, what's fascinating, it's that same white fibrous structure ran through both the, mm -hmm. the one from the artery and as well as the one from the vein. So as, mm. as I'm seeing this, you know, I'm becoming very concerned, you know, and, and around the middle of last year, um, in, in the middle of 2021, you started hearing all of these, there were people that were starting to die, younger people, like Anna mentioned, um, I was noticing that we were starting to get people that were dropping um, dead from sudden heart attacks and strokes. And it wasn't just the older people. It was younger people, people in their earlier 60s, their 50s, their 40s, and even some of them in their 30s. Mm -hmm. And sometimes these structures are really long and sometimes they're not that long. But 
when you hear of strokes and heart attacks, you think of an embolism, maybe getting its way in there, stopping blood flow. And as we're seeing the stuff that we're seeing, it's like, no wonder these people are dying of heart attacks because it wouldn't take much of one of these things to break off to cause such a, such an event that could cost them their life. So in, um, around September of 2021, this stuff had been getting really bad. And I had a really large, uh, one of these structures that I, I took out of this person. It was almost literally the length of the person's leg. The mm. picture is really alarming. And when people see the picture, the first thing they notice is the size of that large blockage. What's more alarming to me though, <laughs> is that if, if you were to zoom in underneath like where the knee is, you'll notice a lot of smaller white ones that look like small worms. Those are the ones that probably could break off and, and or float mm -hmm. around in the body causing another problem, uh, like the heart attack or the stroke. That was the first image that I took. Um, then I met uh, a wonderful gentleman by the name of John O'Looney. Um, well, I didn't meet him. I saw a video that he did, and he was describing what he was seeing as an undertaker in the United Kingdom. And when he described the increase in death in started in January of 2021, he started, he mentioned on that video that they had started seeing clotting like they've never seen before. And it all made sense to me. And I was like, I understand what he's talking about because as a mortician, just like I'm sure Anna knows, we're seeing, it's not just that these are clots. These are abnormal clots. These clots are not normal. Something is very wrong. And it's something, there's, there's a change in the blood of the people we're embalming. And so I continued to gather some information and continued to gather some uh, pictures. I continued to reach out. This is, this is long before I met Anna. I, I continue to reach out to other people that I work around, people that have 30, 40, 50 years of experience. Some of them in the embalming room. I call them into the embalming room, over to the table as I'm working and I'm pointing this stuff out to them. Have you ever seen this stuff before? And the answer was always, they've never seen anything like it. So I knew I wasn't crazy. I wasn't losing my mind. It wasn't that I was just not paying attention which I shouldn't have questioned myself. I've been doing this for 20 years. I've embalmed thousands mm -hmm. of people. I, I, I know what normal looks like, but I wanted to have verification from others that I'm, I'm not missing something myself. And, uh, and so when January of uh, 2022 came along, uh, there was some people that made contact with each other. And then next thing you know, uh, I'm talking to a surgeon who I shared these images with, who is very concerned, has had dealings with other uh, injured young people, and seeing the images of what I'm seeing only caused this surgeon to become even more concerned. So that surgeon put me in contact uh, with uh, uh, Dr. Jane Ruby, who's on Stu Peters Network. And that's what made this go public. And that's kind of how Anna inadvertently uh, saw what I was seeing. She knew she wasn't crazy. We're, we're all in this together. Uh, and so that's, that's where 
when she saw that, that's how Anna ended up reaching out to me and Anna as well as many others. So we're not alone in this abnormality that we're seeing. And it's not just these white fibrous clots, unfortunately, that's abnormal. It's the blood is different. There's something different about the blood. It's what do you darker. mean? The blood's much darker. It looks dirty. If I could, it's just a way I describe it. Does the clots like Ann was talking about, the increase in the regular looking clots, it's not just that they're reg, they're they're big jelly looking clots. They're stringy. It's like they're strands, like they're like there's this this thread. There's this term is was rouleau, uh, rouleau that you guys can look at blood under the microscope, and it's mm -hmm. the red blood cells daisy chaining together. Yep. But we don't need a microscope to see it. It's that much going on that we can literally see these strands of blood and what's happening is they get jumped jumbled up together tangled up and that's what's causing a lot of our blockages and we have to literally like Anna I believe uses angular forceps and I've been forced here in the last several months now to uh, almost totally do away with the uh, drain tube what, we, what I would normally use to utilizing angular forceps because I have to try to pinch the ends of these things to help pull them out, to guide them out in order to continue with our, uh, with our embalming process. So, so if I can recap then sometime around the end of 2020, you're starting to see what you would call abnormal, but ordinary or abnormal levels of ordinary clotting. Yeah. January, though, something changes in 2021. And then five months later, you're starting to see the first instances of these things. We'll call these the calamari clots for the moment. Um, and then by September, it's like you've hit some sort of a, a peak here um, or, or you're, you're seeing a lot of this now. Enough to the, to the point that by early 2022, you're starting to talk amongst each other and share notes and say, hey, this is really weird. Um, did you run into anybody out there in your field who said, I'm not seeing anything? Is, is any? Or is this a pretty universal finding at this point? Okay. Yeah, it's pretty universal for me. Yes, it's universal for me too. The, mm -hmm. uh, the, the universally. Now, this is our issue, and I think Anna would agree. We do have people that are in this field that are licensed funeral directors and embalmers that have been in this field for 20, 30, 40, whatever years. However, they are not in the embalming room doing the actual embalming themselves. They many of times are in positions of management and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. They're not in there doing the stuff themselves. So when they come out and say something like, well, we've always seen blood clots. Well, yeah, we have, I get it. We have. And when they sit there and try to make it sound like, well, I've, I've, I've had large blood clots in the past. They may not be lying. But are they looking at what it is I'm talking about? It's why I called in these other embalmers to verify what I was seeing and asking them questions. They've had more experience than me. I didn't go to an apprentice or somebody that just got their license and bring them in to verify what I was saying. I was going to people that were active embalmers that had been in the business long enough that they have enough experience to, to see this stuff. I know some embalmers that went through mortuary school and basically they haven't embalmed a body since mortuary school. They've been in funeral direct inside and in management and all this other stuff. 
So they're not now, lying when they're saying this stuff, but they're not seeing it firsthand. Yeah. Now, um, uh, so you're noticing that this seems very significant, obviously, to find something brand new. It's almost like if Embalmer suddenly discovered that people had bird feathers in them, like somebody would want to know about this, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so Anna has, has, how many times has say the CDC, the FDA or, or a state medical authority reached out for clarification on this? None to me, none, none, Richard, not one, nobody, it's n nobody's, nobody's interested. Now, no, now that's interesting because Dr. Martinson, the only people that are interested are fact checkers and they call and they're trying to throw our story under the bus. They're trying to find a way to destroy our credibility or to try to bring discord amongst ourselves. That's the only people that have reached out are people that are trying to um, that are trying to discredit our findings and what we're seeing. You mean like Reuters fact check, AP fact check, PolitiFact, those people? Yes, those people. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've investigated all of them. All of them come from either a journalism school or they their last job was at Teen Vogue or, you know, they worked, um, you know, they had an Etsy shop selling macrame. Uh, I tell you what, not one of them is qualified to fact check any of this. So so you can take that to heart. Um, so this is interesting to me. So I, I'm asking about the FDA, CDC and any federal interest or state interest, because I'm looking here now. Somebody just pointed this out. Um, where did I see this? This was on Mary Ann Damasi's uh, Substack, and she said, "Hey, what's going on with the FDA?" Because in July twelfth of twenty twenty one, on their website, they snuck it out. I missed it, and I watched this stuff like a hawk. I thought, and they said, "Ah, you know, July of twenty twenty one." They write, "Quote, um, you know, uh, we've been, um, you know, routinely using screening methods to look for safety of these." vaccines, and they say four potential adverse events uh, that we do notice are pulmonary embolism, acute myocardial infarction, immune thrombocytopenia, and disseminated intravascular coagulation. So they noted those four things, July of 2021. It was just a couple of weeks ago, they finally came out with a preprint. So they didn't work on it too fast, right? So this is November, 2022, they came out with this and they noticed, yep, there are significant increases in clotting for the for the Pfizer shot. So they just noted this and it made a bit of a splash, but I'm thinking, and they said, oh, we had to be sure, you know, we were working really hard to figure this thing out. But like when you notice it, when you've observed it enough to talk about it in July of 21, and you don't have a paper out in preprint form until right. a year and three or four months later, and you haven't talked to anybody who actually would be in a position to give you some insight on this, um, I'm not getting the sense that maybe they they approach this the same way I might have or or you might have. Um, but really, nobody's talked to you about this from the from the FDA. Nope. No. Nope. You know anybody in your field who's been talked to about this? Not a one. The yeah. only people talking about this are, are, are ourselves. I mean, we embalmers are are, and one of the reasons why we embalmers are trying to talk are talking about this is because we know something's wrong. We see it and, and we're not, we are concerned. We are concerned. Yeah, I mean, I have, I have, like Richard said, he, he has, you know, two other or a few other colleagues that he spoke with. The colleagues with, you know, there's one gentleman that he was born in a funeral home. He's been around his entire life and he's 53, 54 years old. So, I mean, he, he's got all the experience, I'm sure. When you're a kid growing up in a funeral home, you know, you see everything. 
and mm-hmm. he's he's never seen it before to the point he's taking pictures of them now i mean it's just he he's just we're all just like flabbergasted it's just unreal that, yep. that is unreal and so and that's what i keep wondering why is someone talking to us about this you know why why are, we're we're almost like we're joked and made fun of the ones that are speaking yeah. out the normal thing you would do in a situation like this forensically is you run a differential you say okay what could this be right so is there anything about the age of the people is this regional is there anything going on in missouri that's not happening up in maine you would say is there anything in their medical mm-hmm. history right. does it have anything to do with the vaccines hold on which did they have prior COVID exposure wait is it a strain thing is omicron different from delta is different from alpha there's a lot of things you would start to parse through but first you have to start with the questions right, right? Um, so, so that's why I'm trying to just sort of, you know, we're fumbling around in the dark here. So here's the data we have strange clots show up towards the end of 2020, January, 2021, they, they come on scene Two, We notice that there's these strange fibers clots are showing up five months after that sometime in may they've continued. Um, is there anything else to this story mm-hmm. I need to know about? Have they, have they begun to wane? Um, are, are there more of them, less of them? Where are we today relative to the peak of them? Would you say? Okay. Well, this is where I'm seeing it right now. Um, I have noticed a bit of a decline as far as my workload goes. Um, the amount of these larger white fibrous structures that I'm seeing seem to be on the decline. It's not as much as it was. Um, and then as soon as I say that, um, the next thing you know, I get a handful of them in a row that I'm finding them. So mm-hmm. it does seem to be on the decline. And I don't have an idea or I don't know 100%, but I do know that the uh, that the, the vaccination rate, especially with the boosters, is also highly gone down. I mean, people are mm-hmm. not trusting them anymore. They're not taking them. So is there a correlation to that? I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But I just did the numbers with somebody recently uh, as far as like the, the clotting issue goes. I, tr- I keep track on my computer in just three different ways. I have, well, four. If I find out they were vaccinated, which I, because I don't sit with families, I don't know. I hardly never get that information. But if I do, I, I highlight that in green. Um, so then if I, they have clotting, uh, you know, that are, that is maybe somewhat suspicious, but it could be normal. I highlight that in yellow. And then if it's this more white fibrous looking stuff, I highlight that in orange. And if there's no clotting issues at all, or such, such a small amount of clotting, the stuff that I think Anna was talking about, sometimes we'll see small amounts of clotting in, in bodies. I'll leave it blank where there's no highlight or no color at all. And uh, I believe the number out of the last 140 bodies that I've embalmed, 15 were not clotted. So that's a pretty significant um, number of bodies. Whereas in the past, like I said, maybe 15% of the bodies might show issues of clotting, where now it's, it's, it's 100% turned around in the opposite direction. Now almost everybody has clotting issues. Um, and the number of fibrous structures is a little bit on the downside. I'm going to still be putting it probably over 40% of the time, mm-hmm. uh, getting closer, maybe, maybe 50% or a little bit above. So what I'm going to say somewhere between 40 to 55% is the, 
uh, is having this white fiber stuff. And the ages, like Anna said in the beginning, it did seem that the elderly were more apt to find these white fiber structures in, in the beginning. Mm. But then that was the first group of people that were, uh, were, were given the vaccine was to the elderly. So, you know, you said that report came out July of 2021 and they said it was over people over 65, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, as fast that's all they studied. Exactly. Well, in, and back then you might could have said that to be kind of true. However, I do know that in 2021, I started noticing a lot more young people that were dying. And I'm not talking about little children. I'm talking about people that were working age, you know, in their fifties, mm-hmm. forties, and thirties. And I started getting some of those bodies in. And next thing you know, I noticed this strange anomaly happening in their blood. So maybe they did that report and it was in the people that were mostly over 65 because that was the first group of people they did. What did they do? Stop the study? Because maybe if they continued on, they'd find out that, you know, all of those things that you mentioned in that report all dealt with blood and the circulatory system. And that was our concern. Anna's, mine, and, and many other of these morticians that are speaking out. All of these things that are happening, these sudden heart attacks and strokes all stem to the change in people's blood system and their circulatory system. All right, everybody, that's as far as we can go out here in Publicville, where we're still not able to talk completely freely due to censorship. If you wanna see the rest of this incredible interview, and by the way, we get a little more speculative, we talk about some other subjects and we start tying this to other things, which I think you know what I'm talking about. You can find that back at peakprosperity.com. Come on by there if you want to hear the rest of this interview. I'm pretty sure you do. All right, everybody, thanks for listening, and we'll see most of you back over at Peak Prosperity. Bye-bye.